Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks for tuning in. Today we're talking the Jaguars 2022 schedule. Rookie minicamp is today. Uh, Doug Peterson will be talking to the media at 11.15 this morning. So I'm getting this uh, getting this video out for you guys, getting this stream out, and then we will be heading over to Rookie Minicamp for that press conference. You got practice at 12.10. We'll be out there. We'll be checking it out. We will preview that today. We will talk about the schedule release, of course. If you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe on YouTube. We really, really appreciate your support. Could not do this without you guys following along. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. And I just restarted my computer. And my trackpad is out of control. (laughs) So if I accidentally click on something and screw this stream up, I apologize. Uh, I'm going to try my best not to do that. But it is moving at warp speed on me here. So we'll start with a schedule release and then work to rookie minicamp. The Jaguars... Uh, Doug Peterson talked about he was looking at the away trips. He was looking at the primetime games. Um, he was looking at the the distance and the schedule between the Thursday night football game and the bye week. So we'll talk about those points. We'll jump right into it. Week one at Washington. Wentz v. Peterson round one, right? Zach is whack, says, yo, yo, finally caught a live show. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in, Zach. So yeah, Wentz versus Peterson, right? You kind of had this relationship. I don't know what happened with their relationship in Philadelphia, but clearly, clearly it did not work out. And you saw the Colts give up on Carson Wentz after a year. You know, Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator in Philly. Now he's the head coach in Indy. They only kept Wentz around for a year. He's now in Washington where the commanders have an impressive offense, right? Um, at least in terms of the, the skill positions. Antonio Gibson's a stud. You got three receivers you really like. Um, your tight end, uh, Logan Thomas. So I don't think they have a great offensive line, um, but they have a great defensive line, that's for sure. And then behind that defensive line, I think you've got some pieces you like, some pieces you'd probably like to upgrade, but I would go with the Jaguars there. Um, just I don't think Peterson's going to let Wentz take them down in their first contest against each other. Then you've got Indy coming to town in week two. They haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. It's been almost a decade. Uh, so obviously Matt Ryan is their quarterback now. They've upgraded their roster in a lot of ways. But until the Colts come into Jacksonville and do it, I'm not I'm not going to pick them against the Jaguars in Jacks. Then the Jaguars take uh, take the show out to the West Coast take on the Chargers. The Jaguars never win in California, so uh, that could be ugly. But Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Herbert, great matchup there. Obviously, you've got um, Brandon Staley. He was a first-year head coach last year. Doug Peterson in a new situation here, so I think that'll be intriguing, but uh, that's going to be a tough one for the Jaguars. At Eagles, you know, another interesting matchup with Doug Peterson returning to his former Uh, stomping grounds up in Philly, uh, and you've got three of your first four games on the road. If there's one thing Jaguars fans have been complaining about for a really long time, it's been the September games in Jacksonville in the heat, you know, with no, 
no shade, no nothing that the team is providing for the fans. So you've only got one September home game now. Obviously, uh, you know, you can say the grass is always greener, only one September home game, but three of your first four games are on the road now. That's pretty difficult to handle, but uh, I'd probably take the I think the Eagles will certainly be favored over the Jaguars, at least when the season starts. But um, that'll be an interesting one for sure. And then you've got the Texans coming to town in week five. The Jaguars haven't beaten the Texans since 2017. So, you know, until they start beating the Texans, that's going to be a hard one to pick. Uh, they, They still are rolling with Davis Mills. They brought in some defensive talent. They brought in some offensive talent. Derek Stingley's over there. Damian Pierce they selected. Um, He's one of my favorite running backs in this class. So Texans are going to be a challenge until they're not. At Colts, so you have two Colts matchups in the first six weeks of the season. Uh, The Jags were desperately close to coming back from a 17-point deficit last time they were in Indy. Trevor Lawrence fumbled the ball on the final drive. So that'll be, you know, another tough game playing Matt Ryan in a dome with a quality team around him. That running game is really tough. Then you've got the Giants coming to Jacksonville in week seven. This is probably the most meh game on the schedule, in my opinion. Not a lot of crazy storylines between these two franchises. Um, So, yeah, and. Daniel Jones, is he going to be their quarterback? What are they doing up there? I do like the direction they're headed with Brian Dayball as the head coach, but um, still, that probably is the least intriguing matchup on the slate. Then you have Broncos in London, week eight. Doug Peterson's 1-0 over there, beat the Jaguars. The Jaguars are 500 somehow in London across the pond, even though Uh, They've been one of the worst franchises in football for the last decade. They've done a good job over there somehow. You've got Russell Wilson um, and and all that, all the offensive weapons that the Broncos have. Of course, Jerry Judy's got a little bit of a situation going on right now. You'll want to continue to monitor that. Then you've got the Raiders at home in Jacksonville. So technically right there, You've got Broncos, Raiders, or excuse me, Giants, Broncos, and Raiders that are all home games. Of course, the Broncos is in London, but you're not traveling to an away stadium from week seven, eight, nine. So that's three weeks where you're not traveling to an away stadium. Of course, you are traveling to London in the middle of that. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But week nine against the Raiders, Zay Jones faces his former squad, uh, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams are paired up now out there in Oakland and Devonte has gone off in Duval before um, back when he was with the Packers week 10 at the chiefs. Uh, last time the Jaguars played the chiefs in Kansas city. It was one of, it, it was the beginning of the end. It, it looked like for that, for that run with Blake Bortles and that defense, the Jags were three and one going into that game. Bortles just had one of the most horrific games he's had. And that kind of started a slide that led to, um, you know, that squad being broken up basically week 11, you've got a buy week 12. um, You have the Ravens at home. Clayus Campbell comes home. You've got Lamar Jackson. Of course, they're always an entertaining team and a well-coached football team. So right there, you've got, from week seven to week 12, you have one away game, technically one game in London and one away game. So that is a stretch of games. 
And it's not against easy opponents, right? Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, Ravens. You do have the Giants in there in week seven, but that's going to be a stretch where the Jaguars got to get some wins at home without question. Then week 13 at the Lions, you've got Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, the one and two overall picks in the 2022 NFL draft. Of course, you're going to be watching that. And then week 14 at Titans, that that usually does not go well for the Jaguars. Cowboys week 15. Can the Jaguars slow down that high-powered offense in Jacksonville? Uh, That's going to be a tough one. Week 16 at the Jets. You've got Lawrence versus Wilson round two. You've got two teams that have been closely compared to each other because of their kind of trajectories, you know, terrible seasons in 2020. You go and get your guys, your quarterbacks at one and two, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. And now it is about surrounding them with talent and and developing them and getting them to a place where they can compete. Then you've got week 17 at the Texans. Again, this is tough. Uh, You've got four of five on the road here at Lions, at Titans, versus Cowboys, at Jets, at Texans. Of course, Texans, Jets, Lions, you look at those teams on paper, those should be competitive contests, right, Um, for the Jaguars. John says, anyone know about Ticketmaster? How do I get the special offer codes? I'm not sure what we're talking about there, but... If anybody knows, let our guy John know here. Then week 18 versus the Titans. Say a little prayer for that one. I mean, having the Titans week 14, then week 18, that's tough for the Jaguars. Uh, You get the Colts out of the way early in the season. Uh, The Texans games are kind of spread out there, but the Titans, you know, the team that the Jaguars have struggled with the most historically I mean, you could argue now that over the last five years, they've been much worse against the Texans than the Titans, but they've been pretty damn bad against both squads. Uh, They've really only found some success against Indy over the last several seasons. But yeah, that's the schedule right there. Again, three of four on the road to start the season, so you only have that one September home game. Fans have been excited about the potential of that happening, not having to go sit inside the bank with no shade, uh, with no help to... um, to avoid the sun. So you're getting help there this year with the schedule. Only one September home game. And then you've only got one primetime game per usual. It's Thursday night football against the Jets in week 16. I think it's good for the Jags to not be playing the Titans on Thursday night football every year. Uh, You've got two years in a row now where it's different squads. So I think that's good. And of course, Lawrence v. Wilson, that does have some intrigue nationally. Declinometer, are rookies going to be required to get important COVID vaccine or is that story dead? <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, the NFL is out of COVID protocols. So that's all you need to know about that. Um, I have the Jaguars very early. This is not an official prediction, but I think 7 and 10 is a reasonable expectation for this schedule i think you'll beat washington i think you'll beat indy one of two times i think you'll beat the texans one of two times uh the giants maybe the raiders the lions the jets 
the Texans once. So yeah, I think the Jaguars seven and ten, six and eleven, seven and ten, I think is a reasonable prediction right now. Of course, that will not be my official prediction. Um, we'll save that for further on down the road. You know, we've got rookie minicamp starting today. I want to wait to do an official prediction until after we get into training camp, after we see what's going on in the preseason. But as of right now. <laughs> Oh, declinometer. I appreciate you. That is funny, but I'm going to decline to comment on that. <laughs> uh, rookie minicamp, like I said, starting today, Doug Peterson talking at 11.15 to the media. I'll be out there. We've got practice at 12. I think it's 12.10 to 1.30, something like that. You'll get some players uh, speaking to the media after practice. So you can, um, I'm sure, tune into the Jaguars social channels. Chase says, we are going to beat the Chiefs. We always win one game that we shouldn't. Okay. I like it. I like the energy. I'm not there yet with you, but I like it. Rookie minicamp. Again, starts today. Got a couple days in, in uh, out on the game field, right? Because the practice field, they're, they're building the whole new practice complex right now. So the Jaguars are practicing on the game field for now. They will take training camp over to Episcopal's satellite um, campus off Atlantic. Devin says playoffs. I like it. I like it. But uh, that's a, the Jaguars technically do not have one of the more difficult schedules in the NFL. But when you look at starting three of four on the road, and then four of five down the stretch on the road again, it's difficult, right? Chase says, mark it down, haha, that they're beating the Chiefs. I am marking it down. I'll remember that. It's funny, my family's actually, or my in-laws are, are big Chiefs fans. So I was at that game in 2018 where the Jaguars fell apart. And I believe we're going to go to this one as well. So should be fun. Rookie minicamp, though, what am I looking for? Okay, so Trey Smith, Jimmy Smith's son, who spent a long time in college transferring around, finished at Wyoming. Uh, he had played receiver, played running back. He's a running back now. He's six foot, uh, 215. Really, you know, he has some ability as a running back. I think he has a shot to make an impression here. Um, he He's big, he's fast, he's physical. He's got contact balance. He's got some stiff arms. Uh so I'm excited to see him today, if for no other reason that he's Jimmy Smith's son, but he's also got a, a chance to make an impact here. Andrew Mevis, I think, is the one that I'm really in, interested in seeing. The kicker out of Iowa State uh, started his college career at Fordham. He is, he's got a really strong leg. I think he's the favorite to win the Jaguars kicking job this year after Matthew Wright. Uh, was waived earlier in the week. I had Mevis on my initial 53-man roster prediction being the Jaguars kicker. And I'm just, I want to see that leg. How accurate does he look? How comfortable does he look? But of course, you want to see the top picks. Trayvon Walker, Chad Muma, Devin Lloyd, Luke Fortner. Do they look the part? They're going to look the part because they're great, big physical athletes. But my question really that I'm more intrigued by is Trayvon Walker getting any cross-training going on? I know the Jaguars have said they love their versatility, but they want to just roll with him at outside linebacker to start. 
and then slowly build up more and more as he gets more comfortable. So what is he doing today? Where is he at today? Is it only outside linebacker? Uh, Chad Muma, he talked about being the Jaguars money backer. So uh, how is that going to look? Where are you going to see him? I think Devin Lloyd, are you going to see him lining up, uh, you know, as a three, four outside linebacker at all, or is it just going to be strictly be an off ball position to get things going? And uh, Luke Fortner, is he going to be lined up at center, left guard, both? We'll see about that. That's something I'm going to be monitoring for the for the uh, practice session today. And one thing you, you got to know about this, this is an acclimation period. This is getting these rookies ready um, to, to be part of the Jacksonville Jaguars when the veterans get in. So for some of these guys, like all the high draft picks, it really is just about getting acclimated. But then you've got a whole nother group of players that are in here on a tryout basis, undrafted free agents that are just there trying to make an impression and make the team. So you want to make sure everybody's on the same page with the intensity level. This should not be a super intense practice. You're not ready for that yet. And you want to make sure that these guys that are competing for roster spots are not um, you know, bringing too much when you're probably going through more of a walk through a slow-mo type of day. You're not going to see much full speed, I would guess. Does Kevin Austin look like he belongs? Uh, certainly he has the physical profile, the athleticism. You saw him break out for Notre Dame a little bit as a deep ball specialist, just running that nine route uh, and making plays. How does he look? I, I'm really intrigued by that because he is out of all the undrafted free agents, one of the guys that I think has the best chance to make the squad. Another one is Garrett Prince, tight end out of UAB, who really is a receiver more than a blocker, although he is a willing blocker. I just don't think at the next level he's going to have the physicality and strength to really hold up against like big defensive ends and outside linebackers and, and guys like that. Julian says Austin will be a starting outside wide receiver by week question mark. That's, you know, uh, that's a great question. I don't believe that he is on track to become a starting outside receiver for the Jaguars in year one. So I would personally say not in, in 2022. Uh, he's got a long way to go. This was a guy that really took some time to develop in college, missed all of 2019 due to suspension. Uh, he needs to prove that he has what it takes to compete at the NFL level day in and day out on the practice field, in the meeting rooms, in, in the film room. Um, I, he's a guy that I think needs to prove himself before you can talk about him even beating out Laquan Treadwell for, for back into the roster spot. That's how I feel about it personally. He has the potential to be an effective downfield receiver, but I just I want to see more from him at this level. And then Garrett Prince, great receiving tight end out of UAB. Can he challenge Luke Farrell for a roster spot? Two totally different guys, right? Luke Farrell is more of your traditional tight end that can run and block. Uh, like I said before, Prince has shown the ability to block at UAB, but I don't think that's what you're going to be using him for at the next level. He is a really talented receiver, good route runner, three-level threat with strong hands. Uh, he really came on in his final season at UAB and, and had a great year. And I, I think that he is more ready to contribute than Kevin Austin is personally. 
there's some other guys out there, undrafted free agents that that'll be interesting to watch. Certainly when you look at Ron says that Prince kid looks kind of skinny. Yeah. I mean, I don't think comparing him to Dan Arnold is a bad comp, right? Dan Arnold is a really skinny tight end as well. Uh, Prince is kind of in that mold. Two guys that are moved tight ends that are really athletic. They can stretch the field horizontally, vertically, push the seam. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what direction the Jaguars go in. You know, at tight end, I would guess, you know, Arnold, Ingram, and Manhurts are locked in. Farrell, not as locked in. So Prince, do they, they go for someone who has more blocking ability or more receiving ability? Julian says Kevin Austin will be better than Treadwell and Visca outside by week 10 or the start of 2023 training camp. Doesn't make sense to cut him and lose him to another team to claim him. I'm not saying the Jaguars should cut him. I'm just saying, is he ready to be a better receiver than Laquan Treadwell? I'm not sure. Now, you can play the game, right? Um, If you wave Laquan Treadwell... Is another team going to pick him up? Or are you going to be able to stash him on your practice squad? Uh, who is more likely to pass through waivers and you be able to get them back on your practice squad? You absolutely need to play that game. Even if Kevin Austin isn't as good as Laquan Treadwell right now or at the end of training camp, if you think that he can be, then and you think that another team might try to snipe him, which I think there's a good chance they would based on his athletic profile, I think he's a more impressive overall prospect than um than the kid out of georgia tech last year but you know he got scooped up right after the jaguars released him by or waved him um he ended up with the texans jalen camp so yeah obviously kevin austin is going to be a big storyline throughout throughout the rest of the summer throughout camp somebody to watch but again you're probably talking about a back end of the roster guy at best anyways like, I think the idea that that he's going to come in and, and earn a starting job is I wouldn't expect that. You have Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, and Zay Jones. Those are all three professionals. Kirk and Marvin are both talented, talented receivers. Zay Jones is a good athlete, a similar athlete to Kevin Austin. And, uh, and he's also, you know, a good blocker. He's... He is where he is supposed to be all the time. He makes the plays that he needs to make, the easy plays. He makes them. He doesn't put easy passes on the ground. Julian says, injuries at wide receiver are frequent. Austin will make the team with someone injured. Yeah, I mean, you saw that happen last year, right? You had DJ Chark injured. You had a couple other guys suffer injuries throughout camp. So you're right. That could absolutely happen. I'm not discounting that idea at all. But not taking into account injuries, I still think Austin is at at very best the sixth receiver on this team. And I wouldn't put him ahead of Treadwell right now. If I had to field an NFL team today, go play a game, Austin would not be uh, above Treadwell for me. But yeah, that's going to do it. Again, we've got Doug Peterson at 11.15, practice at 12. I'll be out there. I'll be reporting on everything as much as I possibly can. Uh, It is my birthday weekend. So after practice, I will be out for the rest of the weekend. I'll I'll be back Monday. 
for you guys to um, uh, to review rookie minicamp and and you know talk about whatever we have t- to talk about on Monday. But yeah, I will be MIA for the rest of the weekend. So I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. I'll be tweeting it out. Um, follow me at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter, Generation Jaguar, at Generation Jag for updates at Rookie Minicamp today. Chase sends some beers, cheers emojis. Hell yeah, we will be doing some cheersing. <laughs> it's going to be a good weekend. Appreciate you guys' support so much. Again, um, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube and check genjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, and Duval gear. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.